Welcome to the Christian's Hour. This is TCH. I'm Stan Smelser, program host. For many people, the new year is a great time to detoxify from all the overeating during the holidays. Perhaps January might also be a great time to spiritually detox as well. This month on TCH, we've been hearing from Gene Apple and Mike Bro. Gene and Mike minister with Eastside Christian Church with multiple campuses in Southern California, Nevada, and Minnesota. The foundational definition of our journey this month is, we are a soul that happens to have a body. There are a great many things that can be toxic to our soul. Things that clog us up, weigh us down, cloud our spiritual vision. Things like, say, a hurried, overpacked life, a tortured soul, a, a heavy heart, even a cluttered mind. All this month, we're looking at how we can detoxify our souls and empower our relationship with God. Have you ever noticed how we can grow calloused to the clutter all around us where we don't even notice anymore? Yet it still inhibits how well we work and act. In today's message, Mike Bro shares how we can get out of old destructive ruts and clear the clutter. So here's Mike with a recipe for rut jumping, clutter clearing, mind cleansing, detoxification. Uh, thanks for hanging out today. I'm just so grateful we get to do this together. In case we haven't met, my name is Mike Bro, and I get the privilege of teaching here with Gene and uh, working with this great team that, that's here. We are wrapping up this series that we've been calling Detox and where we've kind of been going beyond the normal uh, New Year's resolutions where we're, you know, counting carbs and fat grams and how many steps we've taken and how many push-ups we're cranking out. Now, don't get me wrong. It's a good and noble thing to work on the physical body. I mean, the Bible even says that our body is the temple of God, and a bunch of us trash the temple, don't we? So, so it's a good thing. But we've been talking about how we are not a body that just happens to have a soul. We are a soul that just happens to have a body. So, like, to work on the body while neglecting the real us, it just seems, you know, a little misdirected. I want to talk about where all this detox really has to begin in order for us to experience real and lasting inside-out transformation. There was a song about, I guess it's about 15 years ago now, by this group called Sister Hazel. Anybody remember that group? Uh, the, the song was, if you want to be somebody else, if you're tired of fighting battles with yourself, if you want to be somebody else, change your mind, right? And they were right. You see, the real challenge to you and me becoming God's best version of us, it lies between our ears. In fact, Jesus told us that we have an enemy went as far as to call him the father of lies. And that enemy wants to prevent you and me from any kind of healthy detox. He loves to watch us live with a hurried, out-of-control kind of pace. He loves to see us wrestle with a tortured soul. He takes great delight in watching you and me be weighed down with a heavy heart. The last thing he wants for us to know is the life-changing truth of God's love toward us. So he targets the mind. He knows that if he can get us to believe his lies instead of God's truth, if he can get us to live with a cluttered mind that's full of all kinds of junk, he can wreck our lives. 
You see, if you can influence thinking, you can influence behavior. In fact, Scripture says, as a person thinks, so they are. That's why the battlefield is not so much our behavior as it is our mind. There was this guy, Paul, that many of you have heard of. He, he wrote most of the New Testament of the Bible, and he writes this to people who are living in a culture a lot like ours. He says this in Romans chapter 12. He said, let God transform you. Let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you what? The way you think. Now, I want you to notice God's part and our part. God's part is the transformation. Let God transform you into a new person. He's just saying you, you have to let someone that's got a power greater than you, you've got to let him go to work on you. Only he has the power to change you and me from the inside out. In fact, the Greek word that's used here for transform is metamorpho. You ever heard of a word like that? It's like when that caterpillar can't change himself into a high-flying butterfly on his own. He has to surrender to this process called metamorphosis. Transformation is God's part. Only he can pull that off. But my part and your part in this transformation is changing the way we think. It's renewing our minds. So how do you do that? Well, I just want to give you two words to hang on to uh, today, and here they are. Feed and focus. Say that with me. Feed and focus. Let's say it again. Feed and focus. Feed and focus. Feed and focus. What you and I feed our minds will determine the release of our full potential. You know, NASCAR drivers are pretty particular about what kind of fuel they're going to put in their high-performance race cars. Pilots are very selective about the kind of fuel that they're going to put in their jets. Olympic athletes, they are concerned about the kind of fuel they're going to put in their bodies. Choosy moms, choose GIF, you know. But most of us, we, we forget that principle when it comes to our minds. We feed our minds a lot of junk food, don't we? And I know when I feed my mind just a steady diet of junk, it always keeps me from being all that I could be. I mean, if I'm feeding my mind pornographic images, it does something to the way I view other people, the way I see relationships. If I'm always like thumbing through magazines, admiring stunning celebrities, living the lifestyle of the rich and the famous, it messes with my contentment factor. It makes me insecure in my own skin. It skews my perspective on the importance of material stuff. If I'm feeding my mind with all that political nastiness on social media these days, it turns me into a cynical, joyless, even kind of a hate-filled person. Whether it's movies or romance novels or music or conversations or jokes, we have to be careful what we're consistently feeding our mind. My mind and your mind will be shaped by what we feed it. Here's the deal. You see, people who live great lives, they think great thoughts, and they do it consistently. I don't know whether you've ever seen uh, this new game show that's on primetime now. It's called The Wall. Anybody seen this show yet? I think LeBron James is even the executive producer of it. But what, what they did, they kind of uh, ripped off Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and Plinko from The Price is Right. Have you seen that game? And put them together, and they, and they asked questions, and then they dropped these balls down this electronic uh, pegboard, so to speak, and the ball makes its way down through this maze-like grid, and it lands in either like a dollar or $10 or $100 or even a million dollars. I mean, people have a chance 
to win like a boatload of money on that show. And actually, it is kind of exciting to watch. Well, years ago, I also ripped off the Price is Right Plinko idea, and I developed the thing that I called Thinko. And it's just something that's helped me. It's really helped me renew my mind and change the way I think. One of the significant passages of Scripture that has practically helped me shape my thinking is this one from Philippians chapter 4. It says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. So here's kind of the way I play this thinko thing. I kind of use that scripture as a truth grid to run thoughts through in my mind. I, I, I will like drop thoughts to that truth grid. And instead of having like a dollar, $10, $100, all that at the bottom, I got like true, noble, right, praiseworthy, excellent, all those things, lovely, pure. I got those things at the bottom of the truth grid. And I'll just kind of drop a thought through there. And I have learned that the Holy Spirit who lives in us will help us sort through all those different thoughts. For instance, I might say, God, you said whatever is lovely. And that girl on the cover of the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue is lovely. And the Holy Spirit speaks to me, yes, that's true. Um, but your thoughts are not pure. And that's not the right thing to feed your mind. In fact, the way that keeps you devaluing women it's really not very admirable. Or maybe you said, God, you said whatever is true. And what they're saying in the break room right now about that jerk of a boss I have is absolutely true. And I just want to pile on and add my opinion. And the Holy Spirit speaks in us, goes, yes, I know what, they, what they're saying. It might be true. But you, like fueling the negativity, come on. That's not noble. That's not being an excellent employee. Your motives certainly aren't praiseworthy. You need to walk away. You see how dropping your thoughts through that truth grid, playing thinko, can actually help you in the moment? I, I think I told you last time that I was doing a little verse-by-verse -verse Bible study with some guys up in Ventura on Monday mornings. And for a lot of them, uh, reading the Bible, uh, looking at God's truth is just brand new. Most of them have never cracked open a Bible in their life, and it's so refreshing to be going like verse by verse of the life of Jesus with these guys and just seeing, just come alive to them. But, but what has been just as fun for me has been what's been going on in me. I've read, I've, I've read the Bible for most of my life now. And I'm going through the life of Jesus and the gospel of John. And there are things, I've read it a hundred times. There are things jumping off the page of me every Monday morning that I've never seen in my life. That's just the way God's word is. It is so fresh and it's so alive, and it always does something in your heart. Because one of the things I can tell you in, in, in regard to my own life is when you take some time and you just soak on some of the thoughts that come out of this book, it feeds your mind. It renews your way of thinking. I, I love what my buddy John Ortberg writes about this. He says, one of the greatest gifts that God has given the human race is Scripture. Yet we often turn it into a burden. Sometimes people ask me, how many times a day am I supposed to read the Bible? Like seven, 15? What is the minimum I can read and not have God mad at me? Well, that's the wrong question. God's not mad at us for not reading the Bible. No matter how much we read the Bible, he won't love you any more than he loves you right now. The question is, what can you feed your mind with so that it can flourish? You see, the reason to read the Bible is not to get like extra credit from God. 
is not to get all this knowledge in case you've got like a game of Bible Jeopardy coming up. It's to plant yourself by this life-giving river so that your life can start to produce fruit. I want you to check out these song lyrics that were written like thousands of years before Sister Hazel ever wrote a song. The psalm writer said this in Psalm chapter 1. They delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They're like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit in each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. You see, the job of the tree is not to produce fruit. Its job is to be planted by the river. And that's why the Apostle Paul came along thousands of years after that and said in Colossians chapter 2, just let your roots go down deep into him and let your lives be built on him. If you do that, then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with all kinds of great fruit, including thankfulness. When, you are, when you've been feeding your mind the truth, you're able to stay rooted there by the riverbank, and that allows the Holy Spirit, the only one that can do that transformation, allows him to produce all kinds of good fruit in us. And gang, there's a lot of great resources out there. There are so many, many good Christian books, but I am convinced that this book right here is the single most indispensable tool that we have at our disposal because this book tells you how to build a great life. This book tells you how to build a great marriage. This book tells you how to raise great kids. This book tells you how to get along with difficult people, how to resolve conflict. This book tells you how to manage your money. This book tells us how to get right with God through a relationship with Jesus Christ. This book tells us how we can live forever. I mean, there's nothing like this book. So I would encourage you in this new year to grab a Bible, maybe download an app like YouVersion, and just get on a daily reading plan. Just read and memorize and like underline words and write notes in the margin. Uh, uh, maybe meditate on a verse. And when you meditate on scripture, it's not like you get in an uncomfortable position and hum. That's what, what meditation is. It's just churning the thought over and over in your mind, kind of chewing on it. So you, you might have a verse that says, you might, maybe you read, cast all your anxiety on God because he cares for you. And maybe you just go, I'm going to just go meditate on that today. I'm, not, I'm, going to go, I'm going to stress out today. I just want to cast all my anxiety to him. You know, he cares for me. Yeah, he cares for me. Yeah, he cares for me. So I'm going to cast all my anxiety on him because he cares for me. You just chew that over and over in your mind, and it starts to do something to you. But just plant yourself by the riverbank and let your roots draw up nourishment from his words, and God will begin to transform you as only he can as you feed your mind with the right kind of stuff. Just feed and focus, feed and focus, feed and focus. And what you choose to focus on has your attention. And what has your attention has you. We got any golfers here? Anybody love to play golf? I, I, love, I love to play, play golf, but I know if I'm standing on a tee box like this and my thought is, oh man, there's water on the right. There's water on the right. Oh, there's water on the right. Guess where I'm going to hit that ball? In the water on the right, right? You got any people that ride motorcycles? You're bikers. You just love that. And I've been told that when you take like the California motorcycle driver's test, that you have to swerve through cones and stuff. I've been told that the key is not to focus on the cones. You got to focus where you're going because whatever has your focus, that's what has you. And sometimes we say, okay, I'm not going to think about that. I'm not going to think about that. 
Yeah, I'm not going to think about that. And while you're telling yourself not to think about that, what are you doing? Yeah, you're thinking about that. The key is not so much to resist as it is to replace. You have to change your focus. And our mind has the ability to shift our focus. You guys have probably seen this at some point in your life, but every time I read it, it cracks me up. It's a difference between a dog's diary and a cat's diary. Have you seen this? Dog's diary. 8 a.m. Dog food, my favorite thing. 9.30, car ride, my favorite thing. 9.40, walk in the park, my favorite thing. 10.30, got rubbed and petted, my favorite thing. 12 o'clock, milk bones, my favorite thing. 1 o'clock, played in the yard, my favorite thing. 3 o'clock, wag my tail, my favorite thing. 5 o'clock, dinner, my favorite thing. 7 o'clock, got to play ball, my favorite thing. 8 o'clock, wow, watch TV with the people, my favorite thing. 11 o'clock, sleeping on the bed, my favorite thing. The Cat's Diary, day 983 of my captivity. My captors continue to taunt me with bizarre little dangling objects. The only thing that keeps me going is my dream of escape. Today, I was almost successful in an attempt to assassinate one of my tormentors by weaving around his feet as he was walking. I must try this again tomorrow at the top of the stairs. See, you and I, we really do have the ability to change our focus. In your mind throughout the day, you can choose to move toward gratitude, or you can choose to move toward entitlement. You can choose to focus on joy and contentment, or you can zero in on dissatisfaction and envy. You and I, we choose where we're going to set our focus, where we're going to set our mind. Again, the Apostle Paul writes this in Colossians chapter 3. He says, since then you have been raised with Christ. That's a reality. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Again, let me tell you from my own experience, when you choose to like set your focus, set your mind on earthly things such as yourself, when your focus is on like material possessions and personal comfort and, you know, uh, approval, approval stuff and chasing notoriety and fame, the inevitable result is worry, anxiety, guilt, envy, greed, uh, comp- competition, unhealthy competition, pride, lust, insecurity, fear, and discouragement. But when you choose to set your minds on things above, when when he is your focus, when you fix your mind on Jesus and you start to live an other-centered life the way that he did, all that other junk gets replaced by stuff like love and hope and confidence and courage and humility and laughter and patience and security and this unexplainable peace in your life. In fact, it says in Isaiah 26, it says, you will keep in perfect peace all those who trust in you, whose thoughts are fixed on you. Whatever has your focus has you. So every day you roll out of bed and you say, God, once again today, I just want to re-surrender my life to you. I, I want you to keep me focused on your presence in my life today, all through the day. I just, I want you to help me listen to you as you try to speak to me, as you try to guard my reactions, as you try to run my thoughts through a truth grid, as you try to, you know, guard my tone and my attitude and my thought, my choices. May my thoughts today just be fixed on you. And gang, this is a big deal for many of us. Because we spent so many years with our minds fixed on everything but God, right? 
We have. When we surrendered our life to God and we asked Jesus Christ to forgive our sin and lead our life, we knew we were forgiven. When we came out of the waters of baptism, we knew that our past was a thing of the past. We knew our future was secured. We knew that our identity now was a treasured child of God. We knew that we were a brand new creation. The old was gone, the new had come. However, how many of you, like me, discovered that there's not a delete all button in your head? You still have to wrestle with some of those old thoughts, don't you? And why is that? It's because they've been our focus for so long. It's where our mind has been set. I mean, some of those old pictures are still engraved in your mind, still got some of those old memories of your past, still got some of those old attitudes, some of those old patterns of relating and reacting to other people. Those just don't automatically go away because they've been our focus for so long. That's why the scripture says, renew your mind. You gotta have a a, a brand new focus. Remember, God will transform. He'll do that. But he does it in cooperation as we change the way we think. I was talking to a guy his name is Ray, big, tough guy, a recovering alcoholic that I had the privilege of baptizing, and he was struggling with this. He pulled me aside one, one day at church and told me, he says, uh, hey, you know, man, I've, I've been sober almost a year, and, but the other night, my girlfriend and I got into this big argument, and I just stormed out, slammed the door, and, and I went to the same old bar I used to go to, and I started drinking, had a relapse. And as I was sitting there, for a while, I began to think it was, it was almost like, almost like God was speaking to me saying, come on, dude, that's not who you are anymore. So man, I I know I'm forgiven and all, and I know who I am in God's eyes. I know that I'm deeply loved, but I don't want to keep falling back into my same old patterns. So we talked about relapse and we talked about God's grace and how God picks us up and says, come on, we're going to walk another step another day. And I talked about how God was working on inside of him. And then I told him about my brother-in-law, Dave, who has a farm, a little farm in Kentucky. And I said, Dave's got this barn and this field that he works in all the time. And he'll, he'll drive his tractor out of the barn and put it on this path. He'll go right down that path, right through the gate. In fact, Dave can even take his hands off the steering wheel of the tractor and put his hands behind his head, and that tractor will go straight through that gate all the way down to that field. You know why? Because he's been up and down that path so many times that it's worn deep ruts in that path. He just gets the wheels in those ruts, and there it goes. And I said, man, you, you've... You've been like in the same ruts for like 30 years now. You need some new ruts. You need some new paths to take, some new patterns of thinking, some new ways to cope, some new places to go to. You need a new focus. You just got to feed and focus, feed and focus, feed and focus. And as you do, your way of thinking begins to change. And as your way of thinking begins to change, your way of behaving starts to change. And as your behavior starts to change, those old habits start to die and real lasting inside out transformation starts to take place in your life. Sorrow and care Hearts are lonely and dream 
Burdens I've lifted at Calvary Jesus is very near Burdens I've lifted at Calvary Calvary, Calvary Burdens I've lifted at Calvary Jesus is very near Cast your care on Jesus today us clear the clutter. In fact, our thanks all month this month to Mike Bro and Gene Apple for helping us detoxify our souls. Our thanks too to Acapella Ministries for music that help us focus on what is good for our souls. This message will go down as one of my favorites from TCH. I have always been fascinated by how 1 Peter 1, 5-8 and Galatians 5, 22-23 go hand in hand. 1 Peter tells us God's divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness, that we should make every effort to add the qualities that he lists. Those qualities 
complement the fruit of the Spirit promised in Galatians 5. So, when we start working at clearing the clutter, God promises to be there to help. Are you willing to let God help you clear your junk? If you'd like a free copy of today's program on CD, just call us at 515-770-2241. That's 515-770-2241. When you call, please be prepared to leave us your name and mailing address. On the internet, we're at oneplace.org, iTunes, and Google Play. You can also download it from our website, thechristianshour.org. While there, you can find out more about how God is using the Christian's Hour and Gospel Broadcasting Mission to share the good news of Jesus worldwide in a dozen different languages via radio and the Internet. That's thechristianshour.org. Thanks for listening. Please join us again next week for another edition of TCH.